0: Hello, this is Susan Marie and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music, and by subscribing to my newsletter. Most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. When you look in a mirror... You're checking how you appear, what you seem to be, and whether it matches how you feel inside. Now, thinking about human nature is the equivalent of our whole species looking into that same mirror to check its identity. Just as we all react differently to our own reflections in the mirror, the reflection we call human nature is different for everyone. Human nature includes core characteristics like feeling, psychology, and behavior shared by all people. But we all have different experiences of the humans in our life, and this is where differences begin. Some people will tell you humans are good or bad or predators or capable of great kindness and these views are colored by the influence of the people we know and what our culture and subcultures tell us. Today I wish to speak with you about human nature, moral compass, what does or does not define moral character with a personal discourse experiment and an archetype quiz. Human nature is a bunch of characteristics, ways of thinking, feeling, and acting, which humans have naturally. For example, in Plato's The Republic, which I suggest reading, a Socratic dialogue written by Plato, the intent in this dialogue is to establish philosophically the ideal state, a state that would stand as a model for all emerging or existing societies. A utopia. Why I suggest this word is because dialogue poses a question of meaning for the purpose of reaching logic. For example, Socrates might ask, if you claim to be an honest man, how would you define honesty? Or he might ask a question to a person who claimed to have virtue to define virtue, or a person who claimed to be courageous to define courage. Then Socrates might ask for examples of courage, virtue, or honest behavior. But Socrates, who some claim to be the wisest man, claimed to know nothing except that every person should carefully determine what they think or know. Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. In the same vein, the Nicomachean Ethics, Aristotle's best known work on ethics, based on notes from his lectures, defines choice and deliberation. Now, behaving virtuously can be difficult. Do you tell someone who is excited and happy about clothes they just bought that they look stunning when in reality the clothes they chose to wear are not suitable for them? Or do you tell them the truth and hurt their feelings? Or do you attend a boring event or party where you are invited but do not get along with anyone going and make up an excuse as to why you cannot go? Or do you attend and push through it? Maybe, in all cases, you choose to tell the person the truth. As you can see, while doing the right thing gives us pleasure, it can bring affirmation from the people around us. It can also hurt feelings and cause pain to those around us. So this is where balance comes in. Aristotle says that the person who finds the right balance between the extremes of their character traits, or the golden mean, will be a good and just person. This leads me to moral character, an evaluation of an individual's stable moral qualities, moral character refers to qualities that distinguish one individual from another jean a psychologist proposed a theory of moral development that focuses on a child's simple understanding of rules moral responsibility and justice and as we grow older our cognitive development changes so our perceptions about moral development should change This is why Parget suggested two main types of morality, moral realism and moral relativism. With moral realism, morality is imposed from the outside. Morality is based upon obeying other people's rules and laws which cannot be changed. With moral relativity, morality is based on the idea that there is no absolute right or wrong, and morality depends on intentions, not consequences. And this brings me to moral compass and archetypes. An archetype is a consistent and typical version of a particular thing. It can be a human, an object, or a particular set of behaviors, but the point is is that it fits into time-tested molds that embodies pure forms. Thank you. The cat a character archetype is the core traits, values, and decision-making patterns of a particular type of person. Carl Jung, psychologist, created 12 main character archetypes that are reflections of our own existences as a framework for understanding fundamental human motivations and the operations of the human mind or psyche. Within each archetype lies profound insights into our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. Jung believed that human beings all over the world have a universal character or an archetype. Within that and that each of the 12 primary types has its own set of values, meanings, and personality traits, although we can take on aspects of other archetypes at different times. These include the innocent, the explorer, the ruler, the creator, the caregiver, the magician, the hero, the rebel, the lover, the jester, the orphan, and the member. The sage is a free thinker. Their intellect and knowledge are their reason for living their essence. They seek to understand the world and their being by using their intelligence and analytical skills. An example of the sage archetype is Gandalf from Lord of the Rings or Obi-Wan from Star Wars. The innocent is optimistic and always searching for happiness. The innocent sees the good in everything. They want to feel well adjusted to the world around them. The innocent wants to please others and feel like they belong. Their naive nature is not what defines them. The innocent archetype is best defined by its positivity and optimism. Examples include Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, and the explorer is a bold traveler. They set out without a clear path, are always open to adventure. The explorer has a deep love of discovering new places and new things. The explorer archetype has a high regard for their freedom. Sitting still for even just a short period of time can cause them to feel jittery, uneasy. and restless. They crave adventure and feed on new experiences. An example of the explorer is Indiana Jones. The ruler is a classic leader. They believe they should be the one to bring order to any situation. The ruler is stable, strives for excellence, and wants everyone to follow their lead. They tend to have plenty of reasons why everyone should listen to them. This is one of the 12 Jungian archetypes related to power. An example of the ruler is King Arthur or even Mr. Burns in The Simpsons. The creator has a profound desire for freedom because they love novelty. They love to transform things in order to make something completely new. The creator is clever, nonconformist, and self-sufficient. They are imaginative and good-humored. The creator archetype associates itself with being completely and entirely original. Their greatest pride lies in their ability to be creative when it comes to everyday life and achieving the goals that they've set for themselves. Creators are constantly paving ways for others to follow. And an example of the creator is any artist... The caregiver feels stronger than other people. They offer maternal protection to those around them. They want to protect people from harm and try to prevent any danger or risk from threatening other people's happiness. The caregiver is a compassionate altruistic whose selflessness comes unparalleled. Examples of the caregiver is Samwise from Lord of the Rings or Atticus from to Kill a Mockingbird. The magician is like a great revolutionary. They regenerate and renew not just for themselves but for others. They're constantly growing and transforming. The Magician archetype can be described to be somewhat aloof when it comes to forming personal connections, but deep connections with the universe makes them difficult to understand. Magicians tend to have a strong belief in their dreams, abilities, and themselves. They are catalysts for change. Examples of the magician is Saruman from Lord of the Rings or Snape from Harry Potter. Now the hero's life is power. The hero has an uncommon vitality and resistance that they use to fight for power or honor. They will do anything to avoid losing. In fact, they do not lose because they never give up. They thrive on bravado and seek every opportunity to display their formidable sense of courage. Individuals who identify with this archetype tend to feel the need to prove their worth by performing courageous acts. The rebel is a transgressor. They provoke people and don't care at all about other people's opinions. As a result, they like going against the grain and thinking for themselves. They don't like to be pressured or influenced. They're the true representation of what it really means to be the captain of your own ship. Examples of the rebel is Katniss in Hunger Games or Han Solo in Star Wars. The lover is all heart and sensitivity. They love love and love to lavish it on other people. Their greatest happiness is feeling love. They enjoy everything that's pleased to the senses they value beauty the lover archetype is associated less with romance and sexuality but has more to do with commitment and faithfulness examples of the lover archetype is dracula or romeo and juliet The jester likes to laugh, even at themselves. They don't wear any masks and tend to break down other people's walls. They never take themselves seriously because their goal is to enjoy life. The jester is an archetype that lives for the moment. Nothing pleases them more than experiencing emotions to the max. The jester is the one with the infectious laugh and a bag full of jokes. Fun is the jester's middle name and it has an insatiable desire for as much of it as possible. An example of the jester is Tigger in Winnie the Pooh. Lastly, the orphan member every man or the regular person is the good old boy every man the person next door the realist the working stiff the solid citizen the good neighbor the silent majority they're often looking for a new family usually they're a regular person that's snatched from obscurity becoming the main character in the story they tend to spend time with people who feel just like them examples of the orphan or every man include luke skywalker in star wars and frodo in lord of the rings Now, I linked a simple personality survey to find your main archetype, and mine is the sage archetype. The sage is highly dedicated when it comes to seeking two things, knowledge and wisdom, what I live for and I thrive on practically everything i experience in life is a lesson as i'm able to identify obscure meanings behind every event occurrence and setback and the sage archetype is not merely one-dimensional there are many different sides and faces although i prefer to keep to myself i'm not always outspoken i am however more than willing to provide others with answers and advice when prompted and in more ways than one the sage archetype is an investigator of truth and to aspire to discover truth i always somehow how managed to find it because I'm focused on the reality of things. I suggest taking this in-depth analysis of your archetype to assist you in understanding your role in this world, your moral obligations, and your own personality. The survey is easy to take; it only takes a couple of minutes, but it provides positive aspects of your archetype with pitfalls and negative aspects as well. It's extremely in. Please go to the link take this quick survey. The archetypes then lead me to moral compass, an inner sense which distinguishes what is right from what is wrong, functioning as a guide, the needle of a compass, for morally appropriate behavior. Instead of a moral compass, people have been given enormous freedom to construct their own lives and make their own moral decisions. Although this outcome has had many positive elements, it also resulted in large numbers of people who are fundamentally unsure when it comes to the philosophy of their own life. In light of that, How do you tune up your moral compass? A healthy functioning moral compass is when one is grounded, focused, content with life and productive with a nurturing and positive relationship with people all around them in their environment. They minimize harm to this world and maximize their contributions. They give back as much as they take and maybe even more. They also have a healthier sense of individual self while concentrating on good for all. A few things you may want to consider while you activate your moral compass include one, you have to have an individual. Individual sense of what it means to be moral. This cannot be emulated. You can learn from others, but you have to build one for yourself. Two, you have to learn to focus on more than the outer appearance of things. Use your senses. Pay attention to what else may be going on besides the surface. Three, check to make sure your values are congruent with your behavior. It is important to self-monitor to make sure your values match your behavior and thinking. for Don't overstep other people's values. There's no moral compass in place if you're stepping on other people's boundaries. If you have a compass, it may need some repairing before moving forward. Five, you have to make sure you don't self-betray. Never sell your integrity for anything. Know your ground. Make it solid and stay true to yourself. Have a clear boundary for protecting your integrity and this will help activate your moral compass. Six, Expand your horizons. Expand it and make it a global compass where it directs you towards caring for the good of all. Look at the world as an interrelated system that is more connected. Try not to add negativity to it by hating, judging, being superficial, resenting, being self-centered, and taking advantage. Seven, commit and get there. Be aware that no quick results can be expected. You can't wake up and expect to have a clear sense of morality that you can just follow. There are stages to everything in life and there are no escapes from these no shortcuts. Eight, defeat irrationality, the enemy within. Some of your worst enemies are not outside of you, they're within you. You create an enemy when you ignore a power you hold within, the power to be a rational human being. To be rational means to be able to respond with care, to not overreact, to be patient, to look for the depth of truth before making a judgment, to be a critical thinker, to focus on the solution, and to not be an emotionally impulsive human being. It means to build a curious mind. Nine, have a little laugh at your imperfections, then try to fix them if you can. Don't take things as black and white. Don't get fixated. Open your mind to the variety and beauty of life. Get yourself excited. If you lose something of value, give yourself time to grieve, process, and release the feeling, and bring the memory of love and joy to replace the pain. Make every moment count. While setting or redirecting your moral compass. Be aware that nothing is perfect, nor are humans meant to be perfect. In that, I have an existential dilemma I ask many people and the answers are quite enlightening as well as my own answers. The question is, and please do use this in the company of a few people for authentic discourse. If you found a wallet or a bag purse with a lot of cash in it, Say $800. Would you take it? Would you leave it? Or would you return it? There are no details, only the cash. Once you begin discourse, you can hash out details that leads to further discourse such as, do I know the person? Does a person need the cash I found? Is there ID in the wallet? Etc. There are no right or wrong answers. There is not blame or judgment. Try this just do it. You will be amazed. As stated by Anthony Burgess from A Clockwork Orange, by definition, a human being is endowed with free will. He can use this to choose between good and evil. If he can perform only good or perform only evil, then he is a clockwork orange. Meaning, he has the appearance of an organism lovely with color and juice, but is in fact only a clockwork toy to be wound up by God or the devil, or, since this is increasingly replacing both, the almighty state. It is as inhuman to be totally good as it is to be totally evil. The important thing is moral choice evil has to exist along with good in order that moral choice may operate. Life is sustained by the grinding opposition of moral entities. This is what the television news is all about. Unfortunately, there is so much original sin in us all that we find evil rather attractive. To devastate is easier and more spectacular than to create. Please join me next time for more interesting discussions and check out the last podcast on human nature and And gratitude.